Welcome back to Going Long on First. Coming at you week 10, week 11 here. We'll give you a little recap. Wednesday, we'll call it. Come at you. You'll be hearing us on Wednesday. But you'll just be hearing Jeremy and I tonight. Owen is uh, off. I don't even know what he's doing. He's working, isn't he? Isn't that what he's doing? Seth, I think he's living life, honestly. I think he's just skipping out on us. Is he taking a bye week or something? He's definitely taking a bye. Um, Owen's not listening to this live, but he'll get it tomorrow. But Owen, we know. We know what you're doing. We know. Coming at, we'll come for you Thursday. That's for sure. You know, I'll be excited when he comes back. Uh, I'm going to be curious how I did this week because I feel like I did pretty well. I feel like I might have too. This is the only thing I got to say for us. Can you hear it? I can. But anyways, you can continue. (laughs) That's all right. A little, it almost sounded like elevated music we were coming at you. It's damn close. (laughs) Anyways, Owen would usually give us uh, the results, standings, updated standings for our betting, but we'll get that later this week, of course. Uh, Just a heads up for next week real quick. We're going to come at you just on Tuesday due to it being Thanksgiving. We're going to stuff our faces once again this year. So we will not be coming at you on Thursday. Anyways, still coming at you twice this week. But why don't we jump right into the recaps? Before we jump in, I figured we'd start with the Thursday night game and then we can jump into Eagles Packers. But before we start, I just throw out this crazy stat line because there are so many blowout games this week. There was five games decided by 21 or more, which is insane three touchdowns and six games because i included the packers decided by at least 17 now to me you know maybe maybe i'll get your perspective on this but to me a blowout is at least a 17 point game because that's three scores is it what do you consider a blowout game is that a blowout game you know i like how you reference in three scores i was thinking 21 21 three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I would say roughly that 20-point mark. You know, once you get to 20 points on somebody, because, I mean, that's kind of like the 40-burger. Somebody puts up 40, the other team puts up 20. You got blow. You got blew out, you know? Mm -hmm. So, no, I can get with that. We had had five of those this week. The the Niners, who won by three touchdowns, 21, um, were the only team under 40 points. Chiefs, Cowboys, Pats, Bills all hit 40. 41, yeah. 43, 45, 45 were those top scores. Just insane. Anyways, let's jump back to the Dolphins-Ravens game last Thursday. Real quick. Yes. You might have, oh, did you mention Panthers-Cardinals? Did I miss that one? You did, 34-10. Ooh, you're right. I missed that one. My bad. So yeah. add that one in. Yeah, 34-10. Good. And then Good I was going to say Rams versus 31-10. Yes. I mean, there was actually quite a bit. I mean, but the big ones were the 40 burgers, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it's just crazy. I mean, the Bills have done it, I think, multiple times this year, which is crazy because yep. they put up six points last week, but they come back this week and put up, Yeah. And put up 45. Anyways, uh, all right. Yeah. Back to the Dolphins Ravens. So we were obviously coming at you, you know, in the middle of this game last week. I don't remember. I think. 
I don't remember who I picked with this one. I think I, I picked think the Dolphins. You went, but... I went Baltimore, and we Owen did? went my. And okay. I think well, Ad, Owen took that one then. I was going to say I'm I'm fairly certain that's how it went, and I'm pretty sure as we bet it, it was three to three. Yeah, I remember I, that because it was tied three to three early on still, um, which is why we still went with it. Um, but anyways, what the heck is up with the Ravens? They six and three. They had a big win last week. And then they come out and lay an egg against the two and seven, now three and seven Dolphins. Like Lamar Jackson didn't look like MVP Lamar Jackson, which he has for most of the first half. Didn't play that well. Didn't put up any rushing amount. I mean, I mean, Dolphins defense looked like they played last year. So the Falcons, or not the Falcons, my bad. The Dolphins defense, they ended up with getting two turnovers. I mean, so they had the, the fumble recovery. Xavier Howard did. And then they had the interception as well, Coleman. And I mean, they really locked up the run game of the Ravens as you pull it up. I mean, the Ravens did not get 100 yards rushing. That's a pretty rare thing since Lamar's yeah. been just I mean, shy. Lamar typically alone hits 100. Exactly. And Lamar was actually kind of held in check this game. I mean, he only had 39 yards rushing, you know. And then Devonta Freeman, 10 for 35. Lev Bell, 3 for 1. I mean, like, it was pretty much Devonta Freeman and Lamar Jackson. There's just not – there wasn't enough of a threat on the, on the ground. Lamar's got some pretty pedestrian numbers passing, too. 26 for 43, 238, a touchdown and an interception. And, I mean, they never really got anything going on offense. And, I mean, the whole middle of the game, they had three points in the first quarter. They didn't score in the second quarter. They didn't score in the third quarter. And then just a touchdown late. And, I mean, it was damn near a garbage time touchdown, you know? It pretty um, much was, yeah. At that point, yeah. it pretty much was garbage time touchdown. So it's just like, you know, what's crazy too is when you look at when you look at the numbers on offense for the Dolphins, individually, none of them are good, honestly. Oh. Now, when you put the passing numbers together on a whole, 19 for 36 and 314 passing isn't terrible. I mean, it's better than what Lamar did, but there was no touchdowns. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? They actually they only ran the one two ran the one touchdown in. But uh other other than that, it was all defense special teams. But um no, the Dolphins, I mean, I would say this is more of a fluky game than anything. I was just um, thinking that. It def- the way it handled out, I mean, for the most part, Ravens' defense played pretty well. Like we said, Dolphins scored on a on a, a defensive touchdown, and they yeah. kicked three field goals is pretty much what it was. Right. So um, it, definitely fluke game, in my opinion, too. You even had that play where the lineman caught the screen pass, tried to take off with Dovin. That was – one of, of the, the best, year. one of the best non plays I think I'll ever see. Just how I, determined he was to get into the end zone, and the way he caught it looks so natural. And then boom, he does a jump cut, you know, which also looks very natural at three hundred some odd pounds. And it was just like, man, oh man, just <laughs> give it, it to him. To watch. Just give it to him at that point. Like, yep, come on. But I mean, what I would say is, uh, props to the Dolphins' defense. Props to the Dolphins' special teams. I mean, they came with three sacks, five tackles for a loss, an interception, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. And then, like you said, three field goals. So, I mean, good on the Dolphins. That's that's how you win if you play that type of defense. I mean, that's how they won last year pretty much was a lot of turnovers. Uh, you know, offense wasn't very explosive. This is pretty much how they won most of their games last year. Uh, defense just has not been as opportunistic or as good, uh, which is why they are three and seven. So, yep. Um, I would say, you know, the last thing I would kind of just to hang my yeah. head on the doll. 
them and the Jaguars are kind of in a similar situation. Um, they got to get, well, actually, no, I phrased that wrong. Them and the Jaguars are kind of in opposite situations. The Dolphins have like one healthy, pretty good playmakers on offense. Gazeki, you know, Parker, Wilson, like the running back situation is not great, but I mean, there's guys there for a committee, but Tua is not the dude. You know what I mean? Brissette's not the dude. And then in Jacksonville, you've got the young quarterback, but not really any skill position guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just uh, to compare those two Florida teams, the young Florida teams with young coaches, it's interesting, you know? It is. It definitely for sure. There's a lot of growth, but I, I can definitely see the similarities. I get where you're coming from. But all right. Why don't we move our attention to another bird? Another bird in the NFL. Flying high this weekend. You could, you could, by my marks, you could call it a blowout. 30-17 win the Eagles over the Broncos. I don't think anybody, you know what? Maybe I'll take that back. I might have been the only one who picked the Eagles last week. I feel like you and Owen picked the Broncos just because I think you're uh, you're starting a trend here. You're picking against the Eagles, and they're winning. Uh, I don't remember. Once again, we'll have to get Owen in here later this week to confirm all of these. But, but what a win by the Eagles. Devontae Smith and uh, Jalen, I mean, what a combo they were. So, real quickly, I got to correct you. 30 to 13. What did you I said say? 17. Oh, my bad. Maybe a 17-point swing there. Win. So so, any right. other game, I would have given it to you, but it's my Eagles, so the less points we get, the better. Yeah, um, of course. I'll start. I'm going to actually start on the Broncos side of things. Um, there was just not a whole lot of Denver offense in this, really. You had the one Melvin Gordon touchdown in the second quarter. And actually what's crazy is Melvin Gordon was like ripping off some decent chunks of runs. There was one where he came right up the gut. He spins off a guy, makes a nice cut. And then, I mean, he picks up like 10, 15 yards, but they just didn't keep going to the running game. I mean, they only had, I mean, between the two running backs, they only had 17 carries, you know, like it's just wild to me. You know what I mean? That would have been 17 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. That's not a bad game. That's pretty good. You, uh, You um, you rely on Teddy, and I think this is what happens. This is why Teddy has been a journeyman quarterback, because you cannot expect him to win you a ball game. He's he's nope. a game manager. He doesn't lose you games. He also doesn't win you games. Leave Teddy out of this because he's who I'm going to come back to last okay. for. Death. All right. Um, you know, receiving Noah Fant, a problem, not enough of a problem. Jerry Judy. I mean, kind of pedestrian numbers. I mean, the Eagles kind of helped these, had these, held these guys in check. Like, they really did. Um, the defense didn't have a great game either. I mean, the Eagles – excuse me. The Eagles marched up and down the field running the ball, especially. Um, yeah. And then other than the one – Jalen only had two bad throws in this game. The one was the pick to um, Simmons, Justin Simmons. Yep. And then there was another one where he just kind of threw it into a dangerous spot. But other than that, that was it. Um, but no, Denver just nothing really going. Now, I'm going to mention one thing, and then I'm going to go into Teddy. Melvin Gordon had a big fumble, a big fumble loss that ends up in Darius Slay's hands and goes for an 80-something-yard touchdown. What a, what a that, wild play that was. I watched replay of that a few times, and I, I'm like, how did that even happen? So that's 
Tiffany and I had just sat down in Applebee's in Rice Lake. We had just sat down at the bar, right? And uh, I had like kind of got it situated. And then, because I, I was watching the game on my phone, you know, on the way over as we were coming over. And I just got situated and I looked up and then all of a sudden here's Darius Slay like scooping up the ball and turn and drop picks up. It reminded me of Deshaun Jackson's uh, punt return against the Giants like 10 years ago. But long story short, he's shrieking down the field. And I was like, did that, did that really count? <laughs> like I was confused. And then I heard Mel Reese's, uh, his commentating of it and the way he goes, well, I think that was a touchdown. And I was just like, that's exactly how I felt. <laughs> that's exactly how I felt. <laughs> that's probably how pretty much everybody else felt. Oh, for sure. Big play though. Big play. Now, this is what's going to lead me straight into Teddy. Did you see what he did on that play? Uh, I didn't see, but I heard. I heard. Seth, uh, he, made, he made Cam Newton in the Super Bowl, that play where he didn't dive on it. He made that look like a really good play. Okay. That's I was about to say I was going to compare it to that play. So Teddy has the ability to like at least kind of throw himself into Slay's feet. Yeah. And possibly trip him up. But ultimately, he kind of just like does this. Like for anybody that can't see the listeners out there, pretty much keeps his hands at his side and just kind of steps to the side. And then his comments after the game was he was trying to force the play back inside. And it's like, hey, man, you're not a defender. You know, you just got to – you got to trip a guy up. Yeah, you got to um, do something. Try. I'm pretty sure I, uh, um, their coach uh, – who, who's their coach? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it was blanket name. He came out and said something too. He's like, he'll, he's got to at least try. He's got to do, try to do something. You know, and there's kind of, there's two sides of this. In my head, I'm on one side of this. You got to at least try. You got to try to do something, you know, because there's multiple angles of his play on that. And every single one of them is terrible. Like there's no way to yeah. look at things. Oh, you know, I get it. They're all bad. The other side of this is, Teddy's had what now two major knee surgeries, you know, <sighs> there's that camp. Both knees like, too. Both yeah, knees. There's that camp. But in my head, it's like, if that's the way you're playing football, you shouldn't be in the sport. You know what I mean? Yep. Now I get it. You're a quarterback. You're not, you don't get paid to make tackles, but when you want to win the game, you, you make a tackle. You're still, you still gotta be a team player. I mean, you're still yeah. one of 53 on that roster. You got to try. Exactly. You got to try. You know, Seth, I anytime I think of plays like this, and now it wasn't Teddy's turnover, but still, he was right there. It brings me back to two plays. One player I love, one player I don't love. Ben Roethlisberger against the Colts, where he trips the defender up. I think it was Melvin Hayward. And he tripped, you remember the play yeah. in the championship. Trips yep. the guy up, otherwise the guy takes the back for six, you know? Yes. Um, and then there's another that. one, Mike Vick, when he was in when he was on the Eagles. Throws it right to Palomalo, you know, throws just a bad pick right to Palomalo. Mike Vick is the first person down the field and just lays him out, just clocks him. And I'm just like, that's my type of quarterback, <laughs> you know. And now, kind of on both sides of it, it was Vick's fault. The other one was not Ben's fault. But bad on Teddy. Now, to jump to the other side of the coin on this, um, man, oh, man, are the Eagles a completely different team over the last four weeks. Like, it's just kind of nuts. Yeah, what's um, going on? We're running the ball, Seth. I mean, we're like really running the ball too. Um, I, one the of the heaviest I, running teams over the last few weeks, right? I have to be. Maybe the, maybe the heaviest. If I remember right now, don't quote me on this, but it's either the last three or four weeks. The Eagles are the number one offense and the most rush uh, heavy offense in the last three or four weeks. In that time too, 
Jalen Hurts, in my head, looks like a franchise quarterback. Like, now that he's kind of got a situation where he doesn't have to do everything, I mean, the, the poise that guy had in the pocket in this game and, like, the way he moved in the pocket. And here's the deal. is The Broncos were actually getting, like, a fair amount of pressure. Not, like, great pressure, but they were getting in his face. I mean, obviously, Jalen was getting away. He's got the athletic ability to do so, but he looked great. Um, we don't even have our best offensive player right now with Miles. Yeah. But is he uh, – Is he? I know he's – he's... Not this week, but next week. Okay, gotcha. Is what I, I read that a little earlier today. But, you know, as you go through this, Jordan Howard leads the team in rushing, 12 carries for 83 yards. Boston Scott right behind him, 11 carries for 81 yards. Neither one of them gets a touchdown. You know, last week Jordan Howard had the touchdown. Boston Scott has been a great complimentary player, especially to Miles. And then even going back a couple of years, he's a really good kick and punt returner. He's a damn good back out of the backfield as far as like screen plays. And I mean, he's super elusive. He's, he's basically the newer version of Darren Sproles. Now he's not quite Darren Sproles, but he's that type of player, right? He fills that type of role. Jordan Howard looks, I mean, almost like 2016 Jordan Howard. Like, that's how good he looks right Yeah. Now. Which is crazy to think that the Eagles just Eagles Jordan Howard too, right? 2016. 2016 was the Bears. He was drafted with Zeke. Oh, Remember, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I forgot yeah. he was with the Bears. He actually had yep. some good years too. That's right. Two good years, yep. And then the Bears just cut him loose. We picked him up, and now, I mean, he's been great for us. What's crazy is we just had him stashed away on the practice squad, and no one tried to claim him. And everybody needs running backs all the time, you know? It's just yeah. nuts. And then, uh, I mean, Jalen chipped in 14 for 53. And the thing about the Jalen's rushing is he did it when he needed to. You know, he actually had the most attempts, but he did it when he needed to, not forced it. Um, Gainwell had two carries for five yards. You know, he kind of chipped in. Gainwell has just completely disappeared from this offense, it feels like, from the first, like, four weeks of the season. He still gets time, but now that they're so run-heavy – you got to lean on Howard and Scott. And then especially when miles comes back, you know, it's oh, going to yeah. make this, it's going to make this even more interesting when miles comes back. Cause are you giving all three of them 10 plus carries? You know, how do you, how are you doing it? You know, cause miles is the best runner of the three. Oh yeah. hundred percent. The most, close. the most effective versatile player that they probably have on the team. I would assume. For sure. But I mean, 40 carries 214 yards. Give that to me every week. I mean, that's now Carson had an MVP type campaign. But when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, not saying, hey, we're a Super Bowl favorite right now. But when we went to the Super Bowl, we had Blunt, we had Jay Ajayi, we had Corey Clement. I mean, we had guys all yeah. over the place. You know, we could just run the ball steady. I like to see that. I like to have the three-headed monster like that. So every week, give that to me. Now, yeah. taking it to the passing, what's so crazy about this, so Jalen goes 16 for 23, 178, two touchdowns and a pick. Like I said, he had two bad throws in the game. One being the pick, one just being he had some dimes though. Like I watched the the <laughs> highlights and he he was putting balls in places. I was like, that's that's impressive. Seth, he should have had three touchdowns. I was gonna say the Watkins one he dropped. Yeah, right through his hand. Right, right here. And it was just like, oh man, because he could have came out of this with like 220, 230 touch, 230 yards, two, three touchdowns. And I mean it would have looked completely different. Um, so obviously, you know, his his yards is a little underwhelming, but it was you got to watch the game to truly appreciate it. It was, um, it was effective, though. Very effective. It's exactly what you want this offense to look like, honestly. Um, you want Watkins to catch that ball, but it's it's in the right right direction. Devonta Smith, four for 66, two touchdowns. He had six targets, but, I mean, hell of a game. His touchdown on Pat Sertain, if I heard this right, 
I heard this on another podcast early in the earlier in the week was the smallest margin of error by like distance for it was the second smallest margin of error for a touchdown reception this year. Really crazy. Okay. Yeah. Rookie Devonta Smith did that. But anyways, that's that's big. He, time he looks impressive. Head, he he looks you know, like a real real deal. He does look like the real deal. And Pat Sertan is not a bad corner. Like no. even for a rookie, he's a good corner. Two guys that are definitely familiar with each other, you know. Um, yep, obviously, yeah, yep. Right. Um, going back, so Quez Watkins, four for 33. Dallas Goddard should have had a much bigger role in this, two for 28. He got hit kind of a, I thought, maybe almost – I don't know if I'd call it dirty, but you did. You could have pulled up on it. Justin Simmons, the hit caused the concussion, basically. caused him to snap his head off the turf. Um, and then the rest of it's just kind of – I mean, Jack Stoll coming for a little bit. Jalen Rager, I don't know what the hell his purpose in this offense is anymore. Might as well make him a back. <laughs> Um, other than that, I mean, the defense played real good. The one thing that worried me is in the second half of this game, the offense, I mean, we got one last touchdown in the third quarter and then we kind of cooled off. Um, that third quarter touchdown too, was also Darius Slay. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of offense. And then especially in the fourth quarter, the Eagles defense kind of, I mean, they really let Teddy drive on them. Um, and that's kind of what worries me is like, yeah, we won this. We actually won it by, you know, 17 points. But it's like you got to keep your pedal, you know, your foot on the pedal, pedal to the metal. But um, all in all, very good game. Definitely definitely step in the right direction. Um, I mean, I'll take this. I'll take this outcome every day, you know. You know, the way they're playing over these last couple of weeks, I mean, you know, they're going to have to have a great second half. Uh, but potential, potential playoff team, really. Especially the way everything's kind of shaken out. Yeah, I mean, like like I said to you earlier, pre-pod, there's only five teams out of it right now, you know, yeah. not in the hunt. And, I mean, the whole East is in the hunt. And, I mean, if I remember right, the teams that the Eagles are in it against right now, let me pull it up real fast, is – so it would be the Minnesota, the 49ers, and – yeah, pretty much Niners and uh, Minnesota. And then, I mean, you could throw, like, Panthers in there. Panthers. In my opinion. So, Panthers right now are in the seventh spot. I'm looking at it up because uh, while you are talking, I pulled it up quick. Panthers are in the seventh spot. The Saints are in the sixth. And then you have, yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles are a game back uh, from the Panthers. Panthers. I mean, so, yeah, you, you have the Vikings, the Niners, the Falcons, and the Eagles all a game back from – the Panthers. So it's so many teams still, which is, which is good. you like to see that. And I mean, we beat the Panthers. Yeah. You know, well, that gives you the heads up on the tiebreaker at least there. Right. No, it, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch shake out. I mean, ultimately as far as growth and everything, it looks like Carson's going to end up getting a, f- a first round pick, which is freaking great. Um, and I would take the Eagles in the playoffs over the Eagles, not in the playoffs. Um, now, Part of that is we're going to have to win some games at home. I mean, we're probably the only team that, other than the Lions, we're probably the only team in the league that hasn't won a game at home. <laughs> yeah, wild. what is that? Just just play all 16, all 17 on the road. Seth, listen to this. Us and the Lions are the only two team 0-4. Oh, my God. 0-4 at home. I mean, the Texans are 1-3. and um, the Seahawks are one and three. The Falcons are one and three. That's just nuts. 
Hey, Philly's you know what? That eventually is going to turn around. You're not going to go winless at home. I mean, it's not possible. Not for I mean, it's Eagles. possible, but I mean, come on. Not for the Eagles, man. Man. No. But anyways, uh, it looked good. The Eagles look good. Everything's yeah. trending in the right direction. Uh, like I said, we just got to keep – I was saying it all, all the beginning of the year, man. You got to run the ball. You yeah. got to give it to Sanders and everybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Too young of a quarterback to be throwing everything on him. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to the only team that was shut out this week. The only defense to pitch a shutout. The Green Bay Packers looking defensively, at least, looking pristine, looking shiny on Sunday afternoon in a snowy Lambeau field. Nothing gets better than that, Jeremy. I'll tell you that. Nothing better than Lambeau field with snow, cold. I mean, come on, the frozen tundra, that's where it's at. No, it was a very cool picture when they were – they're coming out and showing them with you know the tarp on and everything like that. But I was like, that's that's like Green Bay football when you think of it, you know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You yeah, Green Bay football. That's that's what it looks like. Beautiful. Anyways, yeah, seventeen nothing. The Packers. Um, really not too exciting of a game. Obviously, you had the return of Rodgers, the return of Russell Wilson. Uh, after being out, Rodgers out last week. Russell's been out for the last couple of weeks. So you thought maybe a shootout. Return of two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, a couple of the best in the league, and uh, obviously didn't happen. It was three to nothing at halftime. Really should have been six nothing Green Bay, but Crosby is continuing his screw ups in the kicking game, missed another field goal. Uh, but Packers kind of put it away in the fourth with a couple runs by AJ Dillon. Uh, he's kind of an animal, turning into an animal and. We'll see what he does over the next couple of weeks because Aaron Jones will be out. Sprained MCL. Yep, sprained MCL, uh, which isn't as bad as they initially thought, which is good. They said one to three weeks, but I'm assuming it's going to be that two to three week range because their bye week does come up, and I think in two weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's out till then. He'll return after the bye week, which I think would put him in a good spot. But uh, I'm confident in AJ Dillon. But anyways, let's run through this game quick. Like I said, not a lot of action. Um, I mean, Rodgers and Russell both look rusty, in my opinion. Did you watch any of this game? I watched a lot of this game. Seth, I watched yeah. a lot of football this weekend. Good, good. I, I tried to as well. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a kind of a cold weekend, so stayed inside for most of it, watched some football. But anyways, to me, Rodgers and Russell, Russell more than Rodgers, but Russell looked rusty. He looked you know, off. the one thing that – the big takeaway is the quarterback play because it was like it wasn't good, you know. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. It, I Rodgers looked decent. Terrible. He he was yeah. off on a few and he had that uncharacteristic uh, turnover to in the red linebacker. zone, which I. Yeah. To that linebacker Jamal Adams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm right like, floor. are you kidding me? To to all the guys to throw an interception to, it's him. But I, I don't know what Rodgers was thinking there, just kind of flopping it up. It looked like a Brett Favre heave um, came down when the wrong hands, but Russell Wilson did that twice too. And he got picked on both of those as well. I mean, overall you take that interception away from Rogers game. He looked so he looked all right. You know, nothing flashy. He had the one big play to MVS. Otherwise there was a lot of short stuff still put up near 300 yards, but yeah, it was yep. AJ Dillon, mo- mostly AJ Dillon, really uh, Aaron Jones, obviously sprinkled in there until he got hurt. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, Russell, to me, Russell was the story of this game. First time he's ever been shut out in his career. 
Yep. 2011 was the last time the Seahawks got shut out. Russell was drafted in 2012. Uh, so impressive by the Packers defense, who I think needs to be considered one of the top defenses in the league this year. You guys took a lot of injuries in this game, if I remember right. Oh, my gosh. Every week? Yeah. Um, Whitney Merciless is now done for the season. Yep. Um, who else? Who else went down? Rashawn Gary went down late. Uh, he's hoping to be back. Um, Stokes hurt, too. Stokes was in and out, yes. Uh, but I know Gary and Merciless, two pass rushers, were the big stories. Yep. Um, no, I mean – Merciless, I mean, just came over recently. He did. Not like crazy, but he's been a playmaker for you guys. Yeah, you know? he's he's been he's been reliable. I mean, he's a veteran, you know. Um, so it's tough to see him as a rotation uh pass rusher to go down, especially without Zadarius. So yep. uh yeah, I mean, but still, I mean, impressive by the Packers. Eric Stokes, Kevin King, Shannon Sullivan, that whole Crazy enough, Kevin King has been one of the best-rated corners. Actually, I think the best-rated PFF corner, you go by PFF grades, over the last, like, four weeks, which as much as I don't like Kevin King for what happened last year, um, I mean, he's been playing his butt off, which is impressive. Uh, I don't know how long that will last, but it's encouraging to see the defense playing the way it is without Jair and without Zadarius on the field. Eventually, they will be back, which – uh, to me, is scary for other teams because those are two of the best players at their position. This is – I'll just sprinkle in my two cents on this game. Um, first of all, like you, you said, Russ did not look good. Like, he looked, he looked like he got yeah. rushed back from injury. He Almost, yeah, because yeah. there was balls flying over people's heads. There was balls at people's feet. He just – yeah, he looked off in every manner. Yeah, it just did not look good. Um their, their running game was, I mean, next to nothing. They were without DK this game. Or, no, they had DK this game, but, I mean, he just, I guess might as well have been without him. DK Tyler and Lockett. Tyler Lockett. Lockett was two for 23. DK was three for 26. Yeah, I was going to say they combined, you know, five for 49 yards. Like, just nothing. <laughs> yeah. um, but, no, the Seahawks looked – I mean, it stems from Russ, but they just did not look good. Uh, the defense actually played fairly well. They did. Three quarters. <laughs> I mean, like um, I said, it was it was three to nothing at halftime. Should have been six nothing, but it was still three to nothing at halftime. So defensive three battle. nothing going into the fourth quarter. That's you know? that's true, actually. Yeah, three nothing then going into the fourth the quarter. It became the AJ Dillon show, you know. Um, like you said, you take away Rogers' one interception, his stat line doesn't look bad. You take away Russ's two interceptions, his stat line still looks bad. Like it's not good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you guys at least as you look through, like. Devonte kind of had some numbers. I mean, nothing great. The defense played great, obviously, but I mean, this is the one thing I'll add. Uh, I'll say the one thing about AJ Dillon, and then kind of move on. AJ Dillon looked really good, in my opinion. He's got a similar, like he's similar to uh, Derrick Henry in a sense. Now, I'm not going to say he's Derrick Henry, but um, that's the type of player he is. You know, a guy that's yeah, going to big. He's big. Yep, he's going to just eat Quadzilla. up. It's going to, yeah, exactly. It's going to be interesting to see how people attack this offense without Aaron Jones, because I think Aaron Jones makes you have to play the old boundaries, you know, because um, oh, he can catch the ball. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Jones went four for 61 on passing, you know, catching the ball this week. So he had uh, his longest play, longest catch of the season with that 50 yard scamper down the sideline. That was impressive. He was, he was he nimble does. down that. I like AJ. I like Aaron Jones a lot. Um, 
Now, the one thing I'll say to just kind of sum this game up and kind of put into perspective with the week, this game was the perfect storm, man. <laughs> That's a lot of these games, as you look at them, like, like we said, the Bills-Jets, perfect storm. I mean, a great game to bounce back. Cowboys-Falcons, same thing, perfect storm, great game to bounce back. Panthers-Cardinals, very similar. Beat up Cardinals, Cam Newton just comes back. Perfect yep. storm, Hassan Reddick, you know, comeback game. Uh, Chiefs taking on the Raiders, Rams, Niners. Niners have been on the Rams forever. But, I mean, lots of these games, as you look at Washington with uh, the Buccaneers, and then even Lions-Steelers, like, lots of these games are just the perfect matchup for them to be weird, you know? Yes. Um, yep. But, no, I think this one kind of tees it off <laughs> in a sense. I mean, poor poor Russ. Um, and then it just turned into kind of a defensive matchup, which was kind of – a very dull game. It was. I mean, is obviously, you know, huge Packer fan, things like that. Um, yeah, three to nothing at halftime. It was just punt after punt after punt after punt, which, you know, I, I mean, you like a good defensive battle every once in a while, but you also want to see some points. I mean, like you said, we didn't see that till the fourth quarter when A.J. Dillon uh, put up a couple big touchdowns. But it's nice to see a, a defensive battle every once in a while when you're seeing – Four teams this week also put up 40-plus points. Oh, yeah. I can get with it. You, you get a little bit of the yin and the yang there almost kind of thing. Yeah. But no, uh, like I said, that now puts the Packers third-ranked defense in the league. Three in, third in yards, third in points allowed. So Which is impressive with you guys' injuries you've put up with. Yes. I, I think that it's a testament to Joe Barry. Uh, a lot of people were questioning the hiring of Joe Barry at the beginning of the season. Uh, obviously, they lost out on Jim Leonard. He was choice number one, but he decided to stay in Wisconsin. Hometown right. boy, Jim Leonard. Uh, yeah, you betcha. Just right up the road from you. Um, he stayed, stayed at Wisconsin, so they went with Joe Barry uh, from the Rams. Uh, who we'll get into in a minute, but um, I mean, yeah, I think a testament to him, a testament to the resilience of that defense. Like I said, you would think it's only going to get better when you get Jair back, hopefully in the next couple of weeks and uh, Zadarius as well sometime this year too, which they'll need him to come back now with Whitney gone for the rest of the season. Yep. Um, so yeah, that is pretty much all I had from this game, mainly defensive effort. Um, I'm not too worried. The one thing I am worried about a little bit, you kind of mentioned it, was how they will attack without Aaron Jones. Um, as good as A.J. Dillon is in the running game, he's definitely not Aaron Jones in the passing game. I mean, you could put Aaron Jones out wide. You can put him pretty much anywhere on the field, and he's effective. Yeah, you can't do that with A.J. Dillon. I mean, he, nope. he's still you know average, I guess you could say, but he's not Aaron Jones in that manner. Um, so it'll be inter interesting to see how they change things up um in that regard but anyways packers number one in the nfc love it take that every week of the season let's move on a game you just touched on to a surprise game that that not many people believed i'm i'm fairly confident i picked this team but the washington football team beat the bucks the tampa tampa what are we, Tampa Brady, whatever they're called, Tom, Tom, Tampa Brady, Buccaneers, 29-19. What a game. I loved it. What a, what a weekend it was. You know, 
Seth, the one thing I'll say is uh, Tom Brady didn't play good enough. That's that's pretty 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 easy to see. Um, I mean, they didn't really do anything that well. Leonard Fournette ran the ball okay. Evans yeah, I had, mean, yeah, not much. I mean, Brady was yeah. twenty three for thirty four, so average numbers there. But the two picks, I mean, it seems like they abandoned the run game pretty quick because I mean, they only had. 13 carries total for about 55 yards or something like that. So that's, that's not much so either. Quick. You know, they got down 16, six so quick, but still, I mean, that's only a 10 point game. I mean, you could easily get back into that. And that's what it ended up being is a 10 point game. You know, yeah. it's just shot for shot after that. Um, the one thing I'll say for Tampa in this, you go in without Robinson at corner without uh, Antonio Brown, without Gronkowski, you know, they're missing some guys, nothing crazy. I don't think Pierre Paul played in this game either, if I remember right. Um, and then you lose Vita Vea fairly early in this game. Yeah. Um, I want to say they lost him. I want to say they lost him in the first half. But uh, the game was different without him. Because, I mean, that guy, shoot, when we played these guys, he was just manhandling the Eagles line. Like, Vita Vea is a difference maker for he them is. on the defensive line. He is. Now, yes. to kind of continue in the whole idea of, like, a perfect storm is – Washington didn't get like any sacks or tackles for losses, but they were, they were in Brady's face. Like they, they made it uncomfortable for him um, to kind of just stay on the injury bug, chase young out for the season. Torn yeah, ACL. That, that, sucks. Sucks. that sucks. Yeah. That really sucks. That's tough for them. Um, it is. And I mean, even when you look at Washington's side, it's, this is more or less like a, kind of like a slug fest, which is kind of funny because Washington's not very good. I mean, Antonio Gibson wasn't really running the ball effectively, got two touchdowns, but not like crazy effective. No. Heineke, I mean, he played okay, 256 and a touchdown. And then even when you look at like the passing stats, I mean, the receiving stats, Terry McLaurin only had 60 yards. Like it wasn't that great of a game. I think what it was is, like I said, with a lot of these games, it was just a perfect storm. You know, it was kind of a trap game for Tampa. McLaurin, the thing he did well is he spread the ball out a ton. He didn't hone yep. in on one guy. And, I mean, Antonio Gibson just got him yards when they needed it. But, uh, yeah, ultimately, the one thing I'll say is Tom needed to play, play better. And Arian said it after the game. Like, he held Tom accountable, which was big. He He's not afraid of that either. I mean, he's no. he's done it before. He did it multiple times last year. I mean, you get, I guess you give credit to Arians that way. He's not afraid to call out really anybody. I mean, you're calling out Tom Brady. Yeah, you're not afraid to call out anybody in the league. Yep. No, absolutely. And, I mean, the one thing I'll say about Tom is Tom's been very good about that. I mean, obviously, it was like that for years in New England. So, yeah. Yep. Um, I, the one biggest takeaway I'll take from this is probably why Washington won. I mean, you win time, time of possession, you have a good shot at winning. They pretty much doubled up Tampa. I mean, Washington was at 40 minutes and Tampa was at 20. So uh, even though, like you said, uh, Gibson wasn't super effective running the ball, that's really why they won is because they were able to run the ball enough to keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. Obviously, a couple picks help with that too. Um, but that's the biggest reason. I, I said it last week too. To beat Tom Brady, you got to pressure him right in his face. And like you said, that's what they did. Yeah, they didn't get any sacks, but they were in his face uh, disrupting him all, all game long. And that's why. So that's yep. how you beat Brady, and that's the template right there. Everybody knows it, but it's just hard to do. Yeah, it's not easy to basis. do. And the one thing that helped Washington, too, is their first four drives were all scores. 
three touch or a touchdown and three field goals. Like if you if you get if you get points on the board early and you keep it off the board by Tom. Yep. All you gotta do, and then they just held Pat after that. They got up by ten, and then they just stayed up by ten the whole yep. time. So yep, kind of cruised in there. Yep, exactly. Yep. All right, let's move on to a the first tie of the season. The Lions are not going to go zero and seventeen. They could go zero and sixteen still, but they'll have that one tie in it. And the Steelers. Look, I got a question for you. Yeah. What would look worse? 016 and one or 0 and 17. I mean, to me, 0 and 17. I mean, at least you'll get that one tie in there. I mean, 0 and 16, everybody's gonna see that and be like, oh wow, winless season. I mean, it really is a winless season because you're not winning, but you at least you didn't lose every single game. Now, I'm sure they'll probably pull one out here because they've had a lot of close games this year. Uh, but what an embarrassing overtime. That was. I don't know if you saw any of it. I watched. Uh, yeah. I watched a little bit of it. Um, I kind of saw the end of the game, obviously overtime, and it was just. I, I think it was punt, punt, turnover, punt. This is the game I got the most stat, uh, most notes for Seth. Okay. Um, I just want to hop in here because you just said punt, punt, punt. Seth, there were sixteen punts in this game. <laughs> <laughs> probably half of those were in the one or overtime too. There was six by the Steelers and 10 by the lions. Yeah. 16 freaking punts, man. Jared Goff didn't even complete 16 passes. That's nuts. I mean, that's absolutely nuts. Um, this is what I've got down for notes. The lions show that they don't give up even in overtime when they forced that fumble. Yeah. Uh, who was it on? It was on uh, Deontay Johnson. They knock it out. Uh, they show that they don't give up, but they also show that they have no idea how to win the game because they had so many chances and especially really right did. after that. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. what blew me away is, and just to kind of add on it, when that kicker lined up to kick that ball, uh, Santoso or whatever his name is, that guy looked like he'd rather be anywhere else in the world than kicking that field goal. And I thought, and then the way it came off his foot, I was like, you shouldn't be a kicker, man. It was just like, mind-boggling because it did not look good when they showed the back angle from him like kicking it from behind him it actually looked like I mean, it looked kind of like an nfl kick but when you watched it the game live i was like "Ooh, that is so bad but i mean that's that's kind of my thing from it is jared goff was hurt you know i'll give him that he they kept on i think they're wrapping up his waist or his ribs i can't really they're wrapping up kind of in his midsection um he had i mean he had 114 yards man like DeAndre yeah. Smith, uh, Swift had more yards rushing, but like DeAndre Swift looked good. On the DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift is, a, is a good back. He's a good back. He is. That's the thing I'll say is the two young backs in this game look pretty good on each side on each side here. Um, but no, like that's kind of my notes. The Lions don't give up even in overtime, but they have no idea how to win a game. Like that's no. pretty damn clear. Um, and then the, on the other side of the ball on for the Steelers, um, Mason Rudolph isn't even a good backup quarterback. Like this guy, how do you, how do you pass the ball fifty times with Rudolph and only run it twenty six with Najee? They should have ran it close to 30, 40 times with Najee. They probably would have won this game hands down, but they passed the ball fifty times. You didn't need to do that. Well, that's what I don't get to is I don't know if uh, Tomlin's just got a lot of faith in Rudolph, but that guy's not good. Like he's just not good. He's not the future there. 
I don't think no. he's no way. Nope. I don't think he's a good backup for a president right now. I just, he's not good to me. Like I hate to sit here and talk bad about a guy, but uh, anytime he plays, I just come away extremely unimpressed. And then the Steelers came into this game beat up and they came out of this game even more beat up, like way worse. And uh, TJ Watt, add him to the injury report. Yeah, that's scary. I really hope, uh, I really yeah. hope that's not super serious. I haven't really heard much after that, but it, I haven't heard good. a dang thing. Yeah, it did not look good. It, it looked like he kind of clapped knees with another guy. Yeah. Joe Hayden got hurt in this game. They came in without Big Ben. They came in without Claypool. I mean, they, I don't, I don't, well, I Ben was I just on the, the COVID list, right? So I would assume he'd be back next week. Yeah, I'm assuming, but anyway. you know, sucks anyway. So, Seth, so <laughs> I mean, he's he's better than Rudolph. I don't I'll know by how much, but he's better than Rudolph. So, the one thing I'll say is Mason Rudolph took off on the one run where he scrambles all the way out to the right. No one's open. No one's open. And then he kind of makes what Reggie bushes it all the way back across the field and takes off. I want to say it was like a 15 yard first down, but no, I just you hate to see a tie, but um, step. Kind of in the right direction for the to the Lions, but um, hey, definitely not. It's not a loss. No, the, it's not the a last loss. thing I'll add to this game is uh, it, it was funny what Najee said afterwards. I don't know if you heard it, Jeremy, but uh, Najee came in afterwards and said, "I didn't even know you could have a tie in the NFL. I thought we just kept playing." Hey, that's what Donovan McNabb said. Back at, what was it? Oh eight, oh nine, when we tied the Bengals. McNabb said the same thing. I didn't know you could tie in the NFL. <laughs> You can. One of the few one of the few leagues you can tie in, uh, but the NFL you can. So yep. All right. All right. Moving on. Let's move on to the next game here. What do we got? The Titans and the Saints. Let's run through this one quick. You got Titans 23, the Saints 21. One of the few close games this weekend. Um, I mean, the Saints are, you know, Trevor Simeon led, which apparently uh He's going to stick to be the starter, which I don't know why. You have the Derrick Henry-less Titans, who somehow made it work. Um, Tannehill looks solid. Uh, obviously, that rushing attack is nowhere near what it will be anymore. Um, I, I don't know. Titans our Titans are 8-2, and two, but to me, they don't really feel like an 8-2 and two team. Of course, much of those wins were with Derrick Henry. No, he's not there anymore. Uh even though the Titans are the best team in the AFC ranking-wise or uh, record-wise, I don't think they are to me. The Titans have six straight wins. That's the longest active streak in the NFL. Um, first three, four was a big chunk because of Derrick Henry. After that is because of uh, guys showing up that you wouldn't expect. Um, Marcus Johnson, five for 100 yards. Marcus Johnson used to be a practice squad guy for the Eagles, Seth. Hey, they know how to they know how to pull him, I guess. Yeah, I mean AJ Brown, one catch, sixteen yards on four targets. Like they're just getting it done. Uh, I think that's a testament to Vrabel and this this roster. Um, Peterson, I mean, just after watching most of this game, I, this game I pretty much just got highlights of, but uh, there was no highlights of Adrian Peterson. If I'm being completely honest. He doesn't look like I hate to say it, but he just I mean it was uh eight carries for 20 yards and one catch for one yard. That's when I so I actually watched, I want to say it was either the first one catch for negative one yard. Sorry, negative yep. yards. When I so he had 20 all purpose yards. Um when I 
on nine touches. When I, I watched the beginning of this game live and they were going on and on and on about how the Saints defense, they were, you know, not talking about Adrian Peterson, you know, coming back as, you know, without Henry, blah, blah, blah. They were talking about, oh, Adrian Peterson, did you see his jump cut last week? Did you see his spin move last week? And I'm just thinking, yeah, he's freaking Adrian Peterson. He's going to flash, but he's not Adrian Peterson anymore. You know, if you put Barry Sanders out there right now, he's going to flash once or twice, you know, every couple of weeks. And he's Barry Sanders and he's like 60 years old. But no, I like you just said, the run game here, unless Dante, Dante Foreman or McNichols really gets going, you can, you don't have to worry about stacking the box anymore. Tannehill has been squeaking by, um, but the, the Titans are like one of these guys not showing up from losing bad. I mean, without Marcus Johnson uh, getting the ball down the field like that, they don't do this. Uh, Pruitt catching a random touchdown, you know, a guy that you don't even know of anywhere else. You don't win this. Um, they did come away with four sacks and four tackles for a loss. I mean, they were in the backfield against the Saints. But um, to tell you the truth, Simeon didn't look out of place. I mean, Simeon looked like a solid backup. Like, he looked a lot better than Rudolph. I'll tell you that right now. Um, yeah. Mark Ingram got right back to it. Um, Elvin Kamara was out of this game. That was kind of – if Elvin Kamara is in, they win this, I think. But, um, I mean, receiving, Callaway had Callaway had a big P.I., called for him and then he caught a touchdown like immediately the next play but the thing about the problem with the saints right now is other than elvin kamara like you don't have any playmakers you know no you don't i mean yeah without um michael thomas you know coming back this year and i mean you can't really call Taysom hill uh a playmaker um even though they kind of use them in every which way you can't really call him a playmaker um yeah, unless you have Alvin Kamara on the field, the Saints aren't really going to do much offensively. Now, yeah. I, I kind of come back to the to the Titans quickly because I think the Saints are, are are lost. Really, to be honest, I don't really expect much out of the Saints the rest of this year. Crazy for a five and four team, you know? Yeah, but it, I guess it maybe goes to show how well Jameis was playing this year, which I didn't yeah. expect much from Jameis, but it goes to show how. I mean, yeah, Trevor Simeon, he put up some decent numbers, um, but still didn't look great, of course. And uh, goes to show how well Jameis was playing this year. But yeah, let me come back to the Titans. I mean, like I mentioned before, they're eight and two, and to me, they don't feel like an eight and two team. But with all these players coming in out of nowhere, uh, and with that scrambled run game, do you really, do you really expect the Titans to keep it up? Honestly, yes, because um, Seth, their schedule is not hard. They've got the Patriots and Pittsburgh, and I think Patriots is next week. Oh, really? Okay. Well, if Patriots, I remember right, the Pats are looking good though. So they got the Patriots and the Steelers are the only other difficult games. Otherwise, it's like Texans, Texans, Jaguars, Colts. Um, yeah, the Pats yeah. could the Pats could beat up on them, but I mean, if you get a performance like the Titans' defense the last week or two. I mean, they could make it real interesting going into New England. Um, and then the other thing is, I mean, they might they might skate out of here with only one more loss. That's how easy their schedule is. Yeah. I mean, they got through a tough one, I guess, uh, and glad that they had Derrick Henry through that. Because e- even if they had three more wins this year, that put him at 11 and, what, I guess 11 and 6? That's going to put you in the playoffs. Yeah. That'll put you in the playoffs for sure. So especially in the, in the AFC South, like 
Oh yeah. I, yeah. Cause you got to think how many game lead do they got on uh, the Colts right now? Got to be a couple. I Three. mean, yeah. So they probably what get two more wins and they pretty much have the division locked up for the most part. And they already beat the Colts twice. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I mean, I, you can, you can lock up the division to them, but. Even even if they'll make the playoffs, which we're kind of looking at, they probably will. I I don't see them as a legitimate contender unless they can prove over the last eight or nine weeks, whatever it is, uh, that they can win without Derrick Henry and convincingly. I mean, they beat the Rams well last week, but that was mainly because of the defense. And then this week they played a, a average Saints team now without Jameis around, without Kamara. Uh, I think if they had Kamara, they probably win this game. The Saints do, in my yep. opinion. I agree. Um, I definitely agree. So, yeah, I, I guess I need to see more out of the Titans without Derrick Henry. To- I'll say two things. I'll say yeah. two things about this. Um, to kind of add to my whole por- perfect storm thing here, they should get Derrick Henry back right around the playoffs, whether it be right at the end of the season or right for, like, wild card or the, uh, the next – the divisional or whatever – that might be perfect because you get a you get a fresh Derrick Henry coming back at the end of the year like that with like just a massive bye week. Seth, he could run his way right through the playoffs. Like you, we've seen things like that in the past. You know, yep. he could come back and just go off the entire playoffs. Now, the other thing I'll say about the Titans is Seth. We just went this whole time talking about the Titans and we didn't even mention the fact that Julio Jones is hurt because he doesn't Julio matter. Julio Jones has. I was about to say, yeah, he's been an afterthought this entire year. Yeah, the thing about Julio Jones. Like, and I don't mean to just sit here and badmouth the guy, but Julio Jones has been literally hurt every single year since he was born in like 91. Like the guy is just never on the damn field, man. I get yeah. like, I, I sit here and think to myself, like, how did this guy ever be the best receiver in the NFL and put up like a hundred yard, a hundred receptions. Like, I don't remember the last time he played four games in a row. Um, that's a good question. Good question. Yeah. He, I'm just going in now. So the last time he played 16 games, was in 2018, and he's played 16 games, one, two, three, three times in his career that he's played a full season. Otherwise, he's missed time. So. Oh, my God. That's wild. Seth, yeah. he's, I, he's played – has he played in four games this year? Uh, he's, it says six he's played in. He's played in six he's played games in six. And he's so. had – let's see his stats real quick. Nothing glamorous, that's for sure. He's played in six games and he's got a total of load for me. 21 receptions, 336 yards. No touchdowns, of course, because Julio does not catch touchdowns. That's one thing. Yeah, he does that's not crazy. Catch. As big and as fast and everything like that as he is, he's I think he's hit double digit touchdowns just a couple of times in his career. Now, this is we're not gonna sit here and bash Julio Jones. Um, but it's just we're I mean, it just goes to show how inconsistent this Titans offense will probably be without yeah. uh derrick henry on the field Seth, who just to kind of the tie the, the bow the, the bow on this julio's got 100 yard game this week this year and it's in week two against the seahawks then he he went one two three one two three weeks was out until six played six and seven was out and eight played week nine yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, they're definitely going to need him and AJ Brown to step up if uh, yeah. if they're going to. Well, AJ Brown's it. kind of been an afterthought too. Like he's just, you know, for a guy that you think of as a number one receiver, like he's been held in check the last two weeks. Yeah, 
Yeah, yes. I mean, he had a big he had a big stretch a few weeks back, but yeah, the last two weeks he's been held in check big time. Luckily, they've won both of those and haven't needed him to, but they will. They yeah. will need him for sure. The the one thing I'll say on the Titans, just and I'm done. Um, it really goes to show like the difference Derrick Henry has on this team. Like, and that just makes this guy even more impressive. Yeah. Like AJ Brown is like a wide receiver two or three. Uh, Tannehill looks like just the most average guy in the world. Like it is what it is. Yep. No, it is. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to our next game. We have the, and a very, maybe the most entertaining game of the week. Uh, I guess I'll see your thoughts on it, but the Minnesota Vikings and the LA Chargers. Um, 27 20 W for the Vikings. The Chargers are now five and four. Vikings are four and five, still in it. Obviously, the Chargers are still in it with the West being as compact or, you know, as, as it is. Um, but I just, I didn't expect the Chargers to be here at this point in the season. I, I thought they would be, of course, it's still a young team and they're kind of up and down and they kind of played like that on Sunday, too. Um, Kirk Cousins, I mean, re- <laughs> As it pains it as it is to say it, uh, he's looked good over the last few weeks. You know, let me read you a stat. Kirk Cousins, in five road games this year, has 12 touchdowns and no interceptions. He has the highest uh, touchdown-interception ratio in the league right now, 18 to 3. Just wait until he starts playing some primetime games. He'll start to, you know, show that he's third. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I'll wait for that, but still, his last couple weeks he's been he's been very good. They definitely leaned on their guys here. I mean, their three headed the monster here. Delvin twenty four ninety four a touchdown. I mean three point nine four yards carry. I thought I honestly like that's not a bad game, but I thought he would have come away with like one hundred and fifty plus yards this this week. Um, instead, it was Justin Jefferson nine for one forty three. Um, Thielen kind of chipped in with his little bit. Cook had another twenty four in the in the air, but uh. No, their offense did what they needed it to do, you know, yeah. and their defense played well enough. If I'm being completely honest, like their defense wasn't like out of sorts. The one thing I'll add just to jump on the Chargers side of things, no run game. Uh, Herbert's kind of had a little bit of a fall from grace the last couple of weeks. And then literally the only person doing anything on offense for them was Keenan Allen, who had 98 yards, Seth. The rest of the guys that caught the ball combined had 97 yards. Yeah. They come away. You can't have that from guys like Mike Williams. Yeah. And guys like that. Yeah. I mean, Mike Williams is the type of receiver, like he can go off and have a couple big time high, high point balls. And then he can do this, you know, Keenan Allen though, like kind of, I mean, he really moved the chains, but they weren't scoring, you know? No, not at all. No. And I, I think it goes to show just, because this still is a young team. I mean, as good as Herbert, you know, was last year and has been at points this year. I mean, it's still only a second year. I mean, you have Mike Williams is still relatively young. I mean, he's been around the league a couple years now. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of it rides to die with Herbert because they don't really have a running game. I don't see Austin Eckler as a guy who's going to tote the ball 20 to 25 times a game. Um, you know, he, he's not that kind of running back and, uh, he, he's pretty much a swing back for the most part. I mean, you know, he, he had what, 11, 12 carries or whatever it was, 11 carries for 44 yards, but they're going to ride and die by Herbert. 
how he does is how that offense would go. And I mean, he had a very, you know, abysmal game here. You're, he you're totally on here uh, with the running back situation. It's just, it, it takes me back to Jordan Howard sat on the, you know, the practice spot for the Eagles for so long. You realize what they could be doing with Jordan Howard right now if they had a two-headed monster there? Eckler yeah. being kind of the third down utility guy and then Howard being the, uh, you know, chain mover. Like, there's just so many teams out here that just try to get away with not really having a, a real number one running back not having a, the Eagles are at fault for this part of it, not having a real number one linebacker, but it's just wild to me because if Herbert had a real running back, like a real threat at running back. And I, I like Eckler. I actually think Eckler to me is like a newer, like a Brian Westbrook. I think he could give you a thousand yards. I mean, last year, I think he had 900, but um, it's just in this offense, I think they need another guy too. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. They are close to the bottom in, uh, rushing rushing yards this they're 21st in rushing yards so not quite at the bottom but pretty close pretty close bottom half of the league bottom third of the league pretty much um so that makes it tough on herbert uh to to pretty much carry the team at such you know such a young age so you can't expect that to be consistent kind of like with jalen hurts he's in his second year i mean look at what the Eagles have done the last couple of weeks because they've been running the ball and not putting all this on your young quarterback. The Chargers yeah. need to do the same. Obviously you're not going to do that with Austin Eckler though. That's kind of the problem. No. Yeah. They need a, like a Delvin's type guy. I mean, in this game total, there's only 185 yards rushing combined. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kirk cousins put up big numbers though. Pretty much 300 yards, two touchdowns. He put up good yeah, numbers. Him and Jefferson. Yep. Yeah. Jefferson's a real deal. Those LSU real guys. Deal. Holy field. Should have yep. been a midnight green, him and Devonta Smith. But what do I know? Oof. Well, that would have been scary. Him and Hurts there too. Yikes. Oof. Good offense. All right. Let's keep the train moving then. Let's run through these blowout games real quick. We mentioned, you know what? Earlier. Hey, let's do Panthers Cardinals. Put a little bit of time into that one and then run through them real quick. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. So, I'll just dive straight into it. So Cardinals um, dropped the game to the Packers on, I mean, AJ Green gets paid by Green Bay too, apparently. And then this week, I mean, it seems like the injuries really caught up to them. Um, when you go back and look at it, they are without, I don't think they had Buda Baker. Um, they did not have Kyler. They did not nope. have Edmonds. They did not have Ward. No uh, Pew at a uh, guard. No Wiggins. Uh, I don't think Kirk played. Did Christian Kirk play? Uh, I'm trying to look it over now. I don't believe he did. No, he did. Yeah, he he? played. But, yeah, they were – I mean, they're pretty beat up. Um, They were. 100% they were. Colt McCoy, I mean, you're not going to get back-to-back weeks of, like, good Colt McCoy. That doesn't happen. Um, I mean, come on. John Connor, like, super held in check. I mean, he had the one touchdown rushing, but did not give me 39 points in fantasy two weeks in a row. That's for sure. Uh, Christian Kirk did play. He had a pretty solid game. Uh, Ertz is kind of just a chain mover. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, AJ Green won for four since Green Bay. He just stopped getting checks. But um, Hopkins and Hopkins and Kyler not being in as big. Like you, you were noticing it now. Yeah. Uh, Watt, Watt's still out. Like you can see that they're, they're without their big time guys. Um, now and it's hurting. It's hurting for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, to continue my perfect storm thing, Cam Newton plays two plays and has two touchdowns. 
Insane. What the hell, Seth? Now, I mean, just this game, I've really kind of went through with a fine, fine tooth comb. Like, uh, Cam comes in, he runs in the touchdown, and the team just erupts, just goes freaking nuts. And then he comes in and he throws the touchdown to Robbie Anderson. They go nuts again. And then he's making comments after the game about him and DJ Moore, about how DJ Moore used to, he was Simba and he's yeah. still Simba. He's still Mufasa. And, you know, um, it's really cool to see Cam back in Carolina. It is. Like it, I'm a Cam fan. I always have been a fairly big Cam fan. I, there was something about him in New England that I, I was excited for. He was my dark horse MVP, if you remember right. And then uh, last Turned year. Turned out well. Did not turn out well at all. <laughs> and then uh, he kind of bounced around. He made all these statements of, you know, I'm not, I'm not worse than 32 guys. And I'm thinking to myself, ah, you might be, man. You really might be. Um, but no, I don't know. I just, it's, it's really cool to see him back. I assume he's going to be starting very soon. I'm pretty next sure time. he's, uh, I, I'm pretty sure they announced that he's starting next week already. I could be Is wrong. It? I'm sure they will if they haven't, but I, I thought I heard that they, um, announced that he's going to be starting next week, which we all know he will, even if they haven't announced it yet. What's crazy is Phil Walker was not bad. Like he had the pick. But he was 22 for 29. Like, that's yeah, not, not terrible. Bad. He was not moving bad. the ball for him. And then, I mean, McCaffrey goes 13 for 95 on the on the ground. And then another 10 for 66. Classic McCaffrey game. You know, yeah, he just didn't score. Pretty much. But it was just much. like, um, I mean, if you get a bigger game on DJ Moore, this is, this is a dangerous team. And, I mean, my worry for Cam is they put him in a starting role and he freaking flops, Seth. He has, like, one touchdown and three picks. And because it's like, when he's just a goal line threat, that's the best point of Cam's game. That's the best he's been in his entire career. It's just a goal line guy. Um, so I, I, I worry a little bit as him coming in and being the full-time starter. Now, there's been comments made. Hassan Reddick, who, you know, this is a, a comeback game for him because he was, he was in uh, Arizona last week, year. Yep. He said he's never seen anything like the energy they had since Cam's been back. Um, McCaffrey made comments about it. DJ Moore made comments about it. Like, these guys have all made comments. Robbie Anderson made comments about since Cam's back. He does have that type of, uh, you know, atmosphere around him. Aura. Aura, he said. Aura. That's a good word. That's a good word for it, too. Um, now, it's like I said last week, it's quite the walk of shame for the guy. But, um, no, I like to see Cam back there. I just I just don't want to see him flop next week as the starter. I, that, that would break my heart, I think. But, um, no, it was like this continues my whole vibe of the perfect storm here. Like, Seth, that's the name of this pod perfect storm all right because there's that's the week it's just the week of it you're, but, um, you're not wrong you're definitely not wrong it just it laid out exactly like you're saying it laid out perfectly for all these things to happen i couldn't agree with you more um that i'm afraid that cam will flop if he's the full-time starter and expected to be full-time duty and things like that i think you're you're dead on uh that he should be treated like a, a situational well, quarterback goal line guy exactly kind of like how they treat Taysom in in new orleans almost i mean he's kind of like a goal line quarterback almost for them too uh i mean they do a little bit more with Taysom than they would with cam of course but yeah. it kind of reminds me of how they use Taysom at least um yeah i mean he showed it last year that he wasn't capable of being a full-time starter anymore i mean but he was good ago, at the goal line he was good he's always been so good yeah like last year, goal line goal. exactly but but he's got to do more than just be a goal line quarterback between the twenties. That's, exactly. that's his game. His game. Like 
I seen it on here. Before today, Cam had he had not scored a touchdown for the Panthers since week uh, week thirteen in twenty eighteen. That was a thousand and seventy eight days ago. But Seth, I think if I remember right, Cam Newton's only had one four hundred yard passing game. You want to know what game that was? His first game of his career. Oh yeah, hey, that was my trivia question two weeks ago with Mike White. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seth, it's just uh, I I worry. Um, I'm hopeful. I don't see Carolina making a push into the the playoffs. Um, and if Cam gets thrown, if, if he gets thrown in to be the guy for the rest of the year, and even, I mean, what a fall from grace for Stan and Darnold. Holy shit! But um, if he gets thrown in and he's just the full time guy for the rest of the year, and if he gives you average to above average play, I don't know what you do next year. Um, that's a big what? Who knows? Because Cam's not exactly old, but I don't know if I bet on Cam's future and like. With uh, Christian McCaffrey's injuries and kind of Matt Rule the way he's looked, you got to get a guy in here now. You know what I mean? You got to have a dude now. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cam is one injury away from also being done for the year, too. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So you you don't know what's going to happen with him. I think if they could be a team, I bring it back to the Eagles again, a team similar to the Eagles, you run the ball 30 to 35 times a game, even up to 40 times a game, you pass the ball 15 to 20 times a game with Cam. You, you might be able to be successful with that. And you can do that. You can split carries between Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton, Chuba Hubbard. I mean, you got three guys. Who, yeah, you got three, uh, three to four guys who are potential, you know, running backs there. So why not use them? I mean, just looking at their numbers last week, they had 37 carries, 166 yards, and two touchdowns. Cam had one of them. Chuba Hubbard had the other one. Between Christian McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard, like, for sure, you can have 10, 15 carries each. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. You throw in a roughly, you know, 5 to 10 to Amir Abdullah, and then Cam's going to get damn near 10 on the goal line, you know, or red zone. And then, you know, Christian's going to catch another, you know, seven, eight balls in the air. You can do the same thing with Amir Abdullah, like, you could make something of this. Matt Rule's got the offensive mind to make something of this, but uh, more question marks than answers with Cam, in oh, my opinion. 100%. 100% agree. The one thing I just – the last thing I'd say about this game in general is the Cardinals are too beat up right now. They just really are. They're that was, this yeah, perfect storm game, I, I think a fluke game. I, I think if Kyler's in there, Hopkins is in there, they win this game easily. Pro- probably. One of them. Just yeah. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, but I guess it goes to show how valuable Kyler has been to this team. I mean, yeah, Colt McCoy went off last week, but th- that's kind of a, you know, fluke. an anomaly kind of game. Um, yeah, fluke, whatever you want to call it. Um, Ky- Kyler's the real deal, of course, and uh, he's the reason why they're they're eight and two, um, which is probably why they won't drop too far in my rankings. Kind of a teaser there even though Same. they did lose. Um, yeah, I mean, if they're a fully healthy team on the defensive side too, I think this is a completely different story. But like you said, just another perfect storm. So, all right, let's run through these last few games real quickly, just kind of skim through them, uh, and then we'll call it a night. But, all right, let's start with the Bills and the Jets. Bills 45-17. to 17. What a difference from last week for the Bills after putting up six points only. You know, um, talk about just beating up on your little brother. Like, yeah, pretty much. The, the the Jets were out of this from jump. Like, it wasn't it wasn't really a comp- competition. 
Mike White throws four interceptions. Um, the one thing I'll say, I went back and watched his first start. When he did all that against Cincinnati, it was a lot of underneath throws. What went wrong in this game is when he's trying to make throws down the field, he was just – I don't know what he's throwing to. Um, Good question. I don't know if he did either. Uh, he definitely did. Flacco comes in and gets a garbage time touchdown. I would never bet on Joe Flacco playing. Perfection. Um, he was perfect on Sunday, Jeremy. Don't get too crazy. Uh, Michael Carter gets a touchdown, but they couldn't round the ball. Uh, Corey Davis gets 93 yards. That's something. I mean, they were at least moving the ball. Um, Elijah Moore comes in and gets three for 44 and a touchdown. Uh, Michael Carter gets another 40 on the, on the, through the air. Like they were, they were moving the ball, but, and then they weren't because they threw a pick so quickly. Um, the one thing I'll say about this whole Jets situation is Saul is supposed to be a defensive coach and their defense freaking sucks. Seth. It like is, it's, it's pretty bad. bad. And it's I, like messy bad too. You know, you've it, got, um, not to cut you off, you got nope. the two Williams brothers, and that's it. Like that's it. And the thing about it is their defense, to... they're they're dead last, by the way. Dead last defense. You know, you don't think Saul is gonna be a one and done, but um for that being the thing you do, and like there's some names on this defense. Like, like I just said, the Williams boys are pretty good. Sheldon Rankins is pretty good. Shaq Lawson was a high draft pick. Um, CJ Mosley's a good player. Ashton Davis was a second round pick out of Cal. Like there's guys here um, and they just suck. Like they, they suck. Seth. They are not a good team on defense. Um, you assume the little boy that they drafted early in the draft last year comes back next week or the week after, but they just, the jets look like such a snake bitten franchise. Like they just look like they are impossible at being good. You know? Yeah. It, it really seems like that. It's crazy because. Not even 10 years ago, they were AFC championship three years in a row with Rex Ryan. And then pretty much since then have just been one of the worst teams in football since. Dumpster fire after dumpster fire. Um, yeah. It's just crazy because, like, I hope the best for Salah. He seems like a – I mean, he seems like a good guy. Definitely seems like he had the potential to be a very good coach. Now, obviously, a situation like the Jets, as bad as it has been, you don't expect to get flipped in an offseason or in a season, but – We'll see. To jump onto the to the Bills side of things, um, literally the only bad thing was like the Josh Allen pick. Like that's pretty much it. Yep. Um, and the fact that kind of speaking of teams that can't run the ball, they still don't have a running back. They ran it. I mean, well, they had 139 rushing and four touchdowns, but it's the Jets who literally can't stop a nosebleed. Um, Josh Allen 366, two touchdowns, but then I mean Diggs 162 and a touchdown. Gabriel Davis, 105 yards. I, if I remember right, this is Diggs' first 100-yard uh, game on the season, if I remember right. Just wanted to say that. Um, second. Second. second? His second. Okay. He had one all the way back week four when they blew out the Houston Texans 40 to nothing. Otherwise, yeah, number two for him. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, j just kind of piggyback off that quick, yeah. I mean – they ran the ball well, four rushing touchdowns, um, which is why, you know, Josh Allen didn't do too much through the air because they were running it pretty well. But like you said, the Jets can't stop nothing. They can't stop anything. Um, no. So that, that's why they were able to run the ball. Still a lot of question marks with that uh, rushing attack, which might be the only thing that keeps the Bills out of the Super Bowl, which was the same as last year. They didn't have yes. a rushing attack, and they didn't solve it. But they did at least this weekend. 
Uh, we'll see what they do uh, against actual NFL teams next week. Yeah. I was just going to say that's all this game was, was the varsity beating up on the JV. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> all right. Moving on um, to the Pats and the Browns quickly here. 45 to seven. I don't think anybody thought this would happen against the Browns team uh, without OBJ. Uh, 45 to seven. I, I don't even know. I mean, Pats are looking good. They're six and four. Now the Browns are five and five. I guess the Browns are going to be what they are. Uh, a lot of good names on paper and then just not able to succeed, I guess. Seth, when, uh, when we were taking our bets on this game, if you told me that Brian Hoyer was going to go three for three with 85 yards and a touchdown and case Keenum was going to go eight for 12 and 81 yards, I'd have told you you're a fucking liar. Um, but you would have been right, which is crazy. Um, I'll just start on the Brown side of thing. You know what the Browns game is going to be by the start of the second quarter. You know exactly how that game is going to end by the start of the second quarter. Um, the Browns, like, Stefanski's a good coach, but, like, the Browns got so outcoached this game, it wasn't even funny. Yeah. Um, they're just so inconsistent week in and week out, which is Baker. Like, that's it's not just the Browns, but it's the Baker. It's Baker, too. Like, the whole thing there is just inconsistency. Um, they just, like I said, they got totally outcoached. They didn't, they didn't really do anything to change that at halftime. And it just, it snowballed. Um, Dearness Johnson, 19 for 99. I mean, he had a solid game running the ball, but, uh, and then, I mean, he had 758 in the air too, but. He was the only, happen. he was the only, he was the only part of that offense that was any good. The only bright spot. Yeah. I mean, Baker had 73 yards, a touchdown and a pick, just uh, ugly, ugly, waste of time. Um, Jarvis Landry, four for 26, Austin Hooper, five for 25 with a touchdown. Now this it's was crazy uh, because Deanna Johnson led the team in rushing and receiving and probably could have let him in passing if they let him throw a couple times. Yep. No, I mean, if he could have got, if he could have got off two passes, shit, if he gets through it to himself twice, he would have let him passing. Um, I mean, when you come out of this game and Baker's got 73 yards, you know, that's yeah, just not good. Tough. Not a good game. No, I'm going to stick to it. Like Seth, I could probably go back every single game and you know exactly how the game's going to end up by the beginning of the second quarter for the Browns. Brian Hoyer as... had more, Brian Hoyer had more yards on three attempts than Baker did on 21. Yeah, I think that's true. Brian Hoyer, who used to play for the Browns. Um, what I'll say for the Pats is the Pats are actually like really sneaky dangerous as far as the AFC playoffs. Um, yeah, 100%. Yep. They're going to go as far as Mac Jones takes them. I mean, if Mac Jones, this is, uh, if I, I heard it right, this is the first time ever that the Patriots have had a rookie quarterback throw t- three touchdowns and zero interceptions in a game, ever. First time ever. Um, which, I mean, when you think back on rookie quarterbacks with the Patriots, it's like Drew Bledsoe and then who? Tom didn't play his rookie year. Yeah. Good question. I was going to say, he didn't play much. No, um, Rob, Rob, I, I think he – yeah, he didn't play much, no. And, I mean, at that point, they're, they're a heavy running team. So, I mean, Mac Jones has looked good. He's looked real good as late. Um, they're, like, really starting to put together a rushing game. Uh, Stevenson, two touchdowns, 20. What a what a perfect stat line. 20, 20 carries, 100 yards, two touchdowns, five yards per carry. Just uh, looks nice. You know what? Jeremy, just just Bill Belichick will make everybody angry, and he won't play next week. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Bill. Um, Bolden will get the, the bulk of the carries next yeah. week. But I mean, they've been getting the best out of everybody. Um, Kendrick Bourne had a couple big catches. He had the one touchdown. Hunter Henry had two touchdowns. I mean, Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Myers is actually really moving the ball for him. Um, Nelly, two for 21, sounds like Philly Nelly. Um, no, I mean, and the thing about it is their defense, I mean, three sacks, four tackles for a loss. They're just flying all over the place. But to yeah, kind of go I mean, to kind of go with what I was saying about the Browns, where you know what it's going to be at the start of the second quarter. The one thing I'll say about the Patriots is they're a front running team. If they get up on you, they'll just keep it going. But yeah. they're if they get down, they're they don't really come back, in my opinion. It it would be hard for them because then you got to rely on Mac. Yeah. To get them out of the game. And he was very, I mean, almost perfect. 19 for 23, pretty much 200 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he did what he needed to do, but he didn't need to do much because no. they were up big early. And then they just handed the ball to Stevenson and a few other people in there. Uh, yep. And that's all they needed to do. And they were done. Just eight o'clock. No, yep. uh, this game kind of like uh, the bills game is, I mean, it's a perfect confidence-building game. I mean, this even more because the Browns are – they're 5-5. Five five. They're not a bad team. I mean, the Jets suck. So, no, yeah. these are, I mean, really good – like, they're the perfect storm games, but, I mean, they're also, like, definitely very big confidence-builder games. 100%. Yep. All right. It's very, Bill, it's very Bill Belichick of him to keep scoring the whole way through. I mean, 14 points in the fourth quarter. like Against his former team as well. He re- he's never lost against uh, – the last time the Browns beat the Patriots was in 92 when Bill was the coach. Yay. Yikes. Yikes. All right. Let's move on to one of your favorite teams in the league. Jeremy, I'm sure we won't stick on this game long, but the Dallas Cowboys, how about them Cowboys? 43 to three against the Atlanta Falcons, who Atlanta was looking good for the last couple of weeks, kind of riding high a little bit. That offense maybe we thought was figuring things out completely shut down by the Dallas Cowboys. Did you hear? I know there's a lot of flack on Mike McCarthy. I just want to say this one thing. He might be the best pregame coach out there. Did you hear what he did? His pregame yeah, so the, uh, his pregame thing this week? Seth, the 49ers look really good on Monday night. And uh, <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing for this game, Seth. I just don't care. I hate the Cowboys. I heard about what you're talking about. It it doesn't stay in my head. It just goes away. <laughs> he, I, I mean, he's he's a kind of a wacky coach. I mean, obviously, I'm very familiar with Mike, all his years in Green Bay. Um, yeah, I really, I'm curious if he ever did any of this stuff in Green Bay, and it just never came out, or is he just pulled this out in Dallas, uh, just because maybe they needed some unconventional motivations, just to kind of touch on this game. A little bit because I know you don't want to stick too long, which is fine. Um, Cowboys, to me, this is why they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Uh, What's up? They're a legitimate, <laughs> legitimate chance of making the playoffs. Leave it at that. Oh, so. I mean, 100%. They're most likely going to lock up that division. Depending on how the Eagles play over the next couple of weeks, they'll probably have this division locked up by before Christmas. We'll see. But most likely. I mean, Dak was perfect. Even Zeke threw in a pass in there. One for four. Or one, one, and a four. Come on. He, he wasn't great on the ground, but he, he threw a, touch, or a pass in there. Otherwise, I mean, that defense, um, Diggs got another pick. 
he got another pick in there, which is cool. Um, probably maybe your defense player of the, of the week. Jeremy, is it, you got anything to add to this game before we continue on? Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan looked terrible after after a couple of weeks of uh, some solid play. Uh, Cordell Patterson, he got hurt. He's going to be out for the next couple of weeks, which helped derail that offense. Jeremy is so, totally checked out, so I think it's time that we move nah, on. I'll just I'll throw in a little bit of insight. Okay. Matt Ryan had his lowest passer rating of his entire career this game. Um, I mean, the Falcons are beat up. I mean, when you when you're rolling off Wayne Gallman, like yeah, they probably just picked that guy up off the scrap heap like a week ago. Like you said, Cordero got hurt. Um, they were already without, I mean, a, quite a few guys. Um Dallas put up 29 points in the second quarter, Seth. You know, um, the whole, I mean, literally the whole fourth quarter, both teams just called off the dogs. It was Cooper Rush versus Josh Rosen the whole fourth quarter. Come on, Josh Rosen out there. That's cool. N- nobody cares. Um, One that's for why six for 14 quarter. yards. Impressive. That, that's Impressive why it was the whole fourth quarter to blow up. Um, <laughs> the one thing I'll say is I got two points to make on this game. I'll start with the Atlanta point because it's the less interesting of the two. Matt Ryan has got to get out of Atlanta. Um, he's got to pull – God, who is the person I just came to my mind? I'm blanking out right now. Who's the veteran quarterback that just switched teams? I'm blanking too. Ooh. Damn it, Seth. Um, I'm losing it. It'll I, come don't to me. It'll... I don't know now. I'll think of it later, I'm sure. Anyways. I was going to say it'll come to me later in the pod. But Matt Ryan, he's got to go somewhere else like, and give himself a shot because this year he's actually had points in the season where he's looked really good. Actually, last week he looked great. And there was times in the game where he's like moving around, scrambling and everything last week. And it's like Matt Ryan's looking as frisky as he's looked in his entire career. Um, that guy's got to get the hell out of it, out of the ATL. I mean, it's just – it's not worth his time anymore, you know. Um, and they suck now. True, The yes. Cowboys – what's that? No, I was, I was agreeing. Yeah, absolutely. He needs to go. Yeah. This is what I'll say about the Cowboys. For everything you said about McCarthy, I assume lots of those things probably just went under the radar because it was Green Bay, little little Green Bay. And I think a lot of these things are being brought to light because it's Dallas. You know, True. you know, Jerry's probably got five hired people to watch every step that guy makes, you know. Fucking Jerry Jones. But um. If there's one game outside of an Eagles game that I want to see this this year, I want to see it. I want to see Dallas and Green Bay meet up in the playoffs. Like I really want to see that. I would think that would be a very very interesting game. It's, those and, are always classics, always classic games. But it would be really interesting having Rodgers and McCarthy facing up against each other, and that nothing, nothing, nothing would make me happier, Seth, than watching. One of my fan favorite players after he came on said him and Joe Rogan are like best friends. Um, Aaron Rodgers just torched Mike McCarthy's crap Dallas Cowboys. That would that'd be the sweetest thing ever to me. Like, oh my god. But that'd be cool to see in the first two rounds of the playoffs. No, no later than that. I don't need it to be a championship game. Just like one of the first two rounds, that'd be very cool. But uh yeah, I don't I don't care about this game. No, that's all right. That's all right. You don't need to. All right, we got two left on the board. Let's room through quickly here. Chiefs and the, the Raiders didn't look like the Raiders on Sunday night. Uh, Chiefs looked 
look like the Chiefs again. I don't know if this was another perfect storm game, Jeremy, or uh, or if the Chiefs are back. You know, um, this looks like John Gruden's Raiders over the last couple of years, honestly. That's what it looked like. Um, they literally ran the ball 14 times. Josh Jacobs took a massive dump right on my fantasy team. Thanks, nice. Josh Jacobs. Yep. Um, Derek Carr looked like Derek Carr, like uh, above average, like, you know, average to above average. Um, Brian Edwards is very good. I assume he'll be playing for a different team in the near future because the Raiders suck. Um, I shouldn't say they suck, but they're just kind of an underwhelming team. Hunter Renfro is like, that's their go-to guy now. Um, their offense, it seems like. Literally. Um, Deshaun Jackson comes in, makes a big catch, and then fumbles it. And then uh, he comes back and makes like a real weird Deshaun Jackson type crap. Um, Their defense, like, got toasted. What I will say about this game, Seth, um, the Chiefs got enough out of the ground game. Um, This was a great bounce back game. Daryl Williams come in and had a hell of a game through the air. Uh, Tyreek Hill had two touchdowns. Uh, Travis Kelsey had 119 yards. The the craziest part about this is Mahomes did all the same stuff in this game that he's been doing all year, making these yeah. like kind of bonehead type throws, but they were just going. They were working in this game because the Raiders weren't making plays on them. I mean, to the tune of 406 yards and five touchdowns, you know? Yep. I'm kind of to the point where this is what I think Pat Mahomes is is he just makes these kind of outlandish throws, and if they go, they go. If they don't, they don't. Now, you have to have the defense to do it. The Raiders don't have the defense to do it, is the thing. Um, That's true. They are one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, um, this is probably, not saying the Raiders are totally out of it, but this is probably the nail in the coffin of what the 2021 Raiders are. Gruden's gone. The receiver's gone. Corner. It's kind of falling apart real quickly. Um, the Raiders are kind of uh, an average team. You know, the Chiefs, when they're hitting on all cylinders like this, they're a great team. Um, the one thing I'd like to say, give a shout-out to my guy, Big Red. He actually passed Curly Lambeau for the most wins all time. Regular nice. season, 226. He is now fifth. Congrats. Congrats. Congrats to Big Red. But, no, um, there's not a whole lot else to say about this game other than if KC builds on this, they're going to run away with the West. Oh, 100%. I was – honestly, that's exactly what I was about to say. If, if if this is what the KC offense is going to look like the rest of the year, which obviously it very well could because this is how yep. it's looked like for most of Mahomes' career, uh, watch out. Watch out NFL because the last uh, Chiefs that, might be back then. Yeah, absolutely. The last thing I'll add to this is the Chiefs' defense – these last two games, but mainly this game, is doing enough. They're like they're not they're not even good, I wouldn't say, but they're yep. doing enough. I mean, Ty- Tyron Matthew, he completely took Darren Waller out of this game, like completely. Speaking Frustrated of another guy, my like, fantasy team talking about fantasy speaking of guy that was on my other fantasy team, Seth. Um, I think I actually won in that league though. But I mean, no, they they're playing enough. Tyron Matthew to- totally took him out. Um, Melvin Ingram kind of showed up a little bit here, nothing crazy. Um, but then you've got, uh, God, I'm blanking out the guy on the defensive line. Jones. Um, Jones. Jones had a, he had a pretty solid game, if I remember right. Am I thinking of the wrong guy? I, I don't not. think so. I'm sure he was didn't Jones. show up on the stat sheet, but I'm pretty sure he was like in the backfield a lot. Kind of what happens when you're a defensive lineman. But I mean, they had uh, five tackles for a loss, two sacks. I mean, 
the Chiefs are they're giving you what you need for that offense to win. Yep. No, 100%. 100% agree. Yes. All right. Last game on the board. Monday night football just happened. We had the Rams and the Niners. 31 to 10. Another blowout game, 21 point. Rams, I mean, Niners are, I, I don't know what to make of the Niners. One week they look great. The next week they look terrible. Last week, this past week, they look great. Beating a seven and three, seven and two, now seven and three Rams team convincingly uh, and making Stafford look uncomfortable pretty much all night long. Another two pick game. Uh, your MVP has not looked all that great the last couple of weeks. He has not looked MVP like that is for sure. Um, to what you just said about the uh, the 49ers, that's kind of how I feel about the Rams. It's like you don't really know what you're getting. You know what I mean? That's um, true. The Rams are kind of one of those teams when they when they come out hot, they stay hot. But when they come out flat, they stay very flat. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo has literally never lost to the Rams. He is 5-0 and against them. I guess we should have Here's- known to pick the Niners then, right? Yeah, that would have been the smart move. Um, yeah, undefeated against them. Uh, I think Shanahan kind of owns this matchup between him and uh, McVay, if I remember right. Um, and I mean, Seth, the Niners look good. Like they looked really good. Um, they did. They did. They moved Jimmy the ball. Jimmy G looked good. Oh, for sure. You know, when, when they hit that touchdown to Debo, that's when I was like, I'm like, it's done. It's totally done. Um, what I'll say is I like, as a team building Madden perspective, I love the way that the Niners are built. Love it, Seth. Totally love it. You give me an underwhelming quarterback that's fairly accurate, can move a little bit. You give me some fourth, sorry, I mean, seventh round drafts of running back. Yep. You got a Shanahan offense. He's going to get every little drip out of that guy. Um, you give me some wide receivers that run like running backs. George Kittle, who's, you know, a great chess piece at tight end. Use check is kind of the same thing, but at fullback. And then you got guys all over the defense, which the defense actually played the way they should. Jimmy Ward has the two interceptions. The one goes for a touchdown, not on Stafford. Hig- that I think was, was not. Hig- yeah. Yep. I think it was Higby just takes it. And, and I mean, this game was very uncharacteristic from the start from the Rams. I mean, uh, Higby had two drops, one of which was very big. Um, Cooper cup had one set to hit him right in the hands and put her on the ground. Yeah, and when I saw that, I was like, "What the hell?" Um, Cooper Cup still came up with a really big game, but he was literally the only guy doing anything. Odell was used very li- limitly, uh, limitedly. Um, they didn't really run the ball well at all. Daryl Henderson had a couple of big chunks, but uh, I think they got down so quick that they just gave up the run game. Yeah, so. no, you you could see it too. Like um, when you they'd show the the sideline and uh, McVeigh just he looked like he was at a loss, you know. Yeah, uh, Ramsey was can't, kind of make not uncharacteristic for Jalen Ramsey because he's such a big personality, but he was kind of doing some things in the field where it's like, man, you know, Von Miller had a few plays. He had a big tackle for a loss, but Van, Von Miller also got absolutely pancaked by George Kittle. I, I mean, saw like, that. I saw pancaked. that. Yeah. Um, no, these are these are fun games to watch. Um, it's been lopsided. I mean, San Francisco seems to win them all the time, but uh, they're they're really like chippy slugfest. Obviously, it's a rivalry game. But, no, they're fun to watch. Um, it just blows me away. Every time they play, they, they really keep Aaron Donald in check. Like, they really understand how to keep him in check. 
Yeah. Um, the Niners offensive line is no slouch offensive line though. I mean, Trent Brown and those guys like Trent Williams, my bad, Trent Williams and those guys, they, they've got a pretty solid offensive line, but no, it's uh Debo Samuel is the real deal. That he guy is. is something else. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he's uh, kind of an afterthought because Debo is just so great. I mean, they only had to throw the ball. They only had to complete it 15 times though. So hey, another that, team- that's Jimmy G's game. If he only has to throw 15 times a game, that's perfect. That's what they want out of Jimmy G. Here's the deal, Seth. As we're going through these games, how many of these games do we see are like 30-something to, you know, teens, and the team's running for 40-something times? Yep. Right here, you got 44 carries, 156 yards, and a touchdown. You yep. just control the clock and don't don't have any miscues at the quarterback position, and you win. This, this whole stat line looks very similar to uh, the Eagles, honestly. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it, it's it's a winning formula. I mean, you can win consistently running the ball. I mean, obviously, there comes a time where you're going to need to put up some points quickly, but you can win consistently by running the ball. I mean, look at the Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry. So, I mean, come on. Absolutely. Of course, Derrick Henry's a bit of an anomaly out there among running backs, but still, yeah. you get my point on, on, like, on uh, how you can win. He's like Christian uh, – what is his name? Christian for the Broncos for all those years. no. For the Chiefs for all those years. He's like if that guy had like a long-term career. But anyways, um, Christian Okoye. It's like if oh, he had yeah, a long yeah. yep. That's literally what Derrick Henry is. Um, no, I. the one thing is I'll, I'll say – the last thing I'll say about this game is Shanahan got the big games out of his big-time guys. McVay did not. Yep, exactly. Yep. And uh, that was the biggest difference. Yes. All right. That is the recap. That is the show for the night. Hope y'all enjoyed that run through every game. As always, Owen will be back later this week to give you the results from our betting lines from last week. Very curious on how that went. Obviously, we'll do a top five, just the tips, little line is right, and with a little trivia as always, of course. But until then, adios. adios. That dude is a guy. That guy is a dude.